I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. There is nothing sweeter than really getting to know our daughters, connecting with them, and growing in our faith together. Today's guest, Lindsay Driscoll, shares with us exactly how we can do that. Lindsay is a wife, mom to triplets, speaker, and author. She's passionate about encouraging families and following Jesus and His Word to love God and love others. Her new devotional, Beautiful Hearted Women of the Bible, offers a sweet space to slow down and connect with our girls through imaginative, reflective questions and fun activities. If you're looking to deepen your relationship with your girl in a meaningful and memorable way, then you'll want to lean into this conversation. Welcome, Lindsay, to the podcast. It's fantastic to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. So a question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? So the first thing, which this didn't come to my mind, but my husband, this was what popped out of his mind was triplets. And I was like, oh, of course, because we have triplets. So that's probably the first thing. And also just being very active. And we're always out and about doing things together and have a Rhodesian Ridgeback. So it's a massive dog. So I would definitely say that. And I would hope also to say loving Jesus and loving people around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we come, if I were to come over to your house, what could I expect? What can I Um, I count on? Very casual, very laid back, hanging out, quality time, being outside, maybe playing a game of gotcha basketball and just playing with the dog, going on a walk, hopefully feeling very welcomed. I always want somebody to feel very welcomed and a part of the family. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. So you are about to release a new book called Beautiful Hearted Women of the Bible, a creative mom-daughter devotional. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that devotional and why you wrote it? Yes. So it is 40 weekly devotions about women in the Bible. And it started back when my kids were five, they are 10 now. And I, you know, was watching my daughters, they were curled up in bed reading Disney princess treasury books and wanting to dress up like them, which is all fine and fun. But I just, something in my heart was like, gosh, I would love for them to want to imitate women in the Bible who love the Lord and loved Mm -hmm. others and wanted to make a difference. And the idea came to me. So I started looking at ones on the market and there's a lot of great ones, but I did find that I had to skip certain parts or some parts were a little too old or too. They also lost interest as they read through it. I'm, I've taught middle school and fourth grade. So I'm very big on engaging children. And I found myself interjecting questions throughout the stories. So what I did is in the 40 stories, the questions are actually within the stories and they're imaginative questions because kids are awesome with their imaginations. I think that's one of the reasons Jesus probably loved being around children is their humility and their imagination. Mm -hmm. So I have imaginative questions, for example, in the story of Esther, um, talking about her going to the palace. Well, you know, if if you went to a palace, what would your, or if you had a palace, what would your palace look like? You know, things like that. And then also Mm -hmm. reflective questions because Jesus asked so many questions for people to grow in their faith. He asked 80 questions just in the book of Luke. And so I didn't want it to be something where we teach at our kids and tell Mm -hmm. them, now this is what you think, this, you know, one, two, three, but I wanted them to more so come up with the answers through the scriptural stories. 
Because I feel like when they do that, and when we do that, the truth sticks in our hearts and minds. It lasts a lot longer. And part of me wonders if that's why Jesus did that. So anyways, I've learned a lot from him. There's a lot of fun questions and not just to learn and, and grow and connect with the Lord, but also to learn and grow and connect with our kids, to learn what makes them tick, what makes them them. I'm sure you can relate with, you know, having kids and me being so busy, just, you know, life goes by super fast, but we can actually intentionally slow that life down. And part of the way we do that is by getting to know our kids and asking Mm -hmm. questions and listening and interacting. And this is really just a tool to help moms and daughters do that. And there's also two activities for story just to bring your faith to life and and to have fun together. I'm big on fun. And I think kids, especially in six to 10 year old age group, really thrive on learning when it's more fun and they get Mm -hmm. excited about it. So that's Mm -hmm. one of my focuses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love to learn when it's more fun. I mean, I think things stick around longer when you're having more fun. You remember it. Um, A big part of, you know, creating family culture has to do with creating memories and then rehearsing those memories and talking about those memories. And so anything that I can do to make my child's or even my experience more fun in something that I'm doing, I'm going to go for it. I know it is not the end all be all. There's sometimes when things aren't fun, but I certainly think that makes a huge difference. And those imaginative questions are fantastic too. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like even as an adult, like I would love for people to ask me more imaginative questions. I I would say in general, we've gotten to the habit of relaying information to one another, but like, when do we really spend time to say, well, what would you think? And what would you do if you had, I love the idea of like, I'm like, what would my palace look like if I was Esther? (laughs) Right? I know. And I love hearing our kids' answers. Like I've Mm -hmm. been through the devotional several times with my kids and even starting when they were six and it was on the computer. So there were no, there were no pictures when I was reading it to them, but they were super engaged and Getting to hear their answers is just so fun. You yeah. know, it's very fascinating and interesting. And I really learned, have learned a lot about the Lord from my kids, hearing yeah. their thoughts and their reflections, you know, through the stories. Yeah. And that kind of creative thinking, it takes practice so that as we become older, that we're able to do it in our, in school, in our jobs, Absolutely. in our families. Mm, that's sure. a great point. Yeah. Okay. So what are the top three ways that moms and daughters can connect with each other? I know that you mentioned this devotional, but what other ways can we connect? I'm sure like me, you, you might be a busy mom. You might know busy moms. Sometimes we get too busy and we're just not connecting. We think we're connecting, but we're not. So talk to us about some of um, your suggestions for this. Sure. And I actually just wrote a five-day devotional called One Moment at a T- uh, One Moment at a Time, and it's on you version. Mm-hmm. And there are five simple ways, but I'll focus on the top three ways, I would say, which I think as moms, we could all write a book together and we can all learn from each other yeah. <laughs> on how to do this best. But together time, I would say is number one. I'm all about simplicity. I'm not about a big formula. When I say together time, five minute walk or, you know, sitting in the backyard together or, you know, going in their bedroom while they're putting clothes away or just anything simple, but having that together time. And second thing I would say is reading together. It's one of my very favorite things to do with my kids. For example, we loved Wonder. We read that together. The Hiding Place, the young reader series um, about Corey Ten Boom. Mm-hmm. It just creates so much depth, so much conversation yeah. about life. And that conversation, I feel like if we can start that young, then as they go through middle school, high school, it's a little bit more natural. You know, I know mm-hmm. they still want their own time but it's more natural to keep the conversation going and they can learn a lot. I can learn a lot. And even if it's through journaling to one another, that's one of the activities in my book is 
having a journal and your daughter writing something, putting it in a special place, you read it, you respond and write something and you go back Mm -hmm. and forth. And especially for older age groups, I feel like, you know, you can uncover a lot more about what's in their heart. Mm -hmm. And lastly, I would say is to notice the good in your daughter and just to enjoy. It is super easy for all of us to pinpoint faults when they mess up. And part of a mom's, you know, job is to redirect. But I think when we start not enjoying our kids, I think we're missing something and they start disconnecting Mm -hmm. from us. So if we can notice the good in them, call it out and enjoy them, our connection will be so much stronger. None of us want to be around somebody who's constantly criticizing us. But if somebody sees the good and accepts us, even in our faults, then we feel far more connected to them. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy reading with my kids. One of the things that we used to do when they were little, I mean, honestly, we've gotten into the habit of kind of like watching TV together, which is just not which quite is the fun same. too. It's fun, it's but it's fun. not quite the same I as know. reading together. You know, we would do audiobooks and read the books, which, which kind of like gave you that entertainment, you know, element and saved your voice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cause even though I love reading with my kids, like I'm not, all, I'm not the mom that's like doing all the voices and, and doing all the yeah. inflections. I try and sometimes I'm just tired. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's just fun to snuggle up. I know we did like yeah. all of the, the Chronicles of Narnia with the, the audio books and the books. Cause I was trying to teach my kids, that's not great. teach them to read, but I wanted to you know, like grow their reading. So I was like, we have to look at the book too. Like it's okay to follow along and listen. And so I think that's, that's a really easy Mm. way to connect with your kids. I think that we underestimate for sure. I totally agree. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So what are three ways that, um, mothers and daughters can grow in their faith together. So doing a devotional together, <laughs> that's a given. So I would say pray together for sure. That That's always really great. Whether you're in the car or, you know, just little moments praying for somebody that comes to mind. You know, somebody walked in front of our car the other day and I could tell she you know, had some, some things going on and we just stopped and we prayed for her together. Or mm-hmm. if my child's worried about something um, the next day about her school because she forgot her homework or whatever it is, just praying for a minute together, giving thanks to the Lord for something when we've been praying about something and it comes to be, um, I think prayer is very powerful that our kids start to think naturally to pray. I would also say to identify with them when they fall short. I think this is a big one because I think as, you know, Jesus followers, it can be easy to think, let's show our kid perfection, and then that will point them closer to the Lord. And I feel like that actually gets us farther from the Lord because we all need Jesus and we're all imperfect. So when our kid is struggling, you know, if we can just identify with them, I know that's tough. I'm, I struggle with the same things. That's exactly why we need Jesus. Let's pray. He can help us with that. That humility really connects us with our kids too, because they don't feel like we're attacking them, but they feel like we're with them in it. Lastly, I would say devotional live. So not just doing a devotional together, but also just talking about the Lord throughout the day naturally as it comes up. It's not always very natural, but if a moment comes up and there's a beautiful sunset, you know, acknowledging, gosh, look at the power of God in that beautiful sunset. Or if our kids are arguing about who's the best, you know, talking about, hey, there's a story where the disciples are arguing about who's the greatest. And Jesus is like, the greatest is actually the least, you know, and if somebody does my dish, gosh, that. I really feel loved when you did that. Thank you so much that they would know that, you know, not doing things because we have to, but out of love for the person and that Mm -hmm. that's what, you know, Jesus longs for us to do. So not preaching constantly, but just here and there moments, you know, doing devotional living. So it's not, okay, only 10 minutes in the morning, this is our time. 
to seek the Lord, but rather just throughout the day, you know, taking moments. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I, I know that we, many of us underestimate the value of those small repeatable moments over time. And that really is what builds culture. Uh, I feel like to some degree, I have gotten out of the habit of praying for things in Mm. front of my children, you know, like saying, okay, wait a minute, let's pray about this. Like I'm quick to solve, especially if I know the answers or think I know the answer. Mm. And, you know, I'm starting to really be aware of bringing Mm. prayer back to the little things that are going on in my house and, and saying, Hey, let's pray guys, you know, and not just kind of me being in charge and Yes. praying on my own for things, but actually Absolutely. asking them to pray with me. And I, and I see a difference because they, they love that. I think that provides like a safety and a security for them as we point them to Christ instead of pointing them to us. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yes. I don't want, I don't want them to put a lot of faith and trust in me because I'm yes. going to fall short for <laughs> exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah. So those, those are fantastic. Okay, so I love how practical your devotional is. You touched on it a little bit in the beginning, but can you share um, more with us about the action steps that are in the section called Daughters of Actions? And then, yeah, talk to us more about those imaginative activities as well. Yeah, so the Daughters in Action, I actually had named it something else, Faith into Action. And my daughter was like, I don't really um, like that. How about Daughters in Action? I'm like, done, that's great. So Daughters in Action is just a great practical step to put our faith into action. I'm a big practical person and Mm -hmm. I just, I love practical ways to do that. And so it's just a really fun way to take the story a little bit further. So you start cementing the point of the story in our um, daughter's hearts. And then the creative fun just brings a lot of life and fun to our faith and relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. So some examples, um, I would give is, uh, so for the daughters in action is a trust fall with the story of Sarah, which is such a simple thing. My activities are very simple, but very fun. Again, I'm all about simplicity, not complexity. So the creative fun is to create an edible model of Sarah and Abraham's travel, um, traveling when they had to leave um, their land and trust the Lord and just walk. So you make cupcakes for the hills with green icing for the grass and green sprinkles. And, you know, you do blue licorice for the river. Those are just some ideas or graham crackers with squirts mm-hmm, of syrup mm-hmm. for mud. And my daughter, we did this two years ago and she still talks to me about this activity. Like she loved it. So that's an example. Another example is Mary and um, pointing to her humility. The girls, in, the daughters in action section is to do a ring and run. So creating little gift bags of cookies or just little surprises in a bag and going up to your friend's house, dropping the bag, you know, ring the doorbell and run. And Mm -hmm. just the idea of giving in secret. And, you know, it was really cool because a week after we did that, my son actually, he did all the activities with us too. So he loved them. But he told me, hey, I just did this for Grace, but don't say anything to her because I really want to give in secret. And I, I just thought that was so cool. I'm like, these, you know, activities are really helping everything. I'm just... really get deep into their heart. Another example for daughters in action is to bring toys to a hospital or have them mailed there. We have a friend whose son is going through cancer. And so we actually just sent a toy to the hospital for him, like a game and their lap. One of my biggest hopes for my devotional is that my kids would develop inner beauty. I don't Mm -hmm. want them to only be thinking about themselves and me, 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 and that the world only revolves around me. I want them to know what other people are going through. I want them to have hearts to want to care, to know what can we do to make their day a little brighter? How can we love them well? And, and that was just a great way um, to do it. Another example, Phoebe. 
being a servant leader. She's, you know, she had a great heart of leading through serving. And so the creative fun section is having a backwards day. So you do everything backwards. You just start in the morning with having dessert. And then, you know, you end the evening with breakfast and you don't make your bed in the morning, but you make it at night and sleep on top of it. You know, just being silly. Um, Again, this age group is so much fun. I love six to 10 year olds. And I love that that age group is still coming to us, you know, and I know they do when they get older as well, but it's a little bit different right now while we're building their foundation. And so these are just really fun ways to reach their hearts and also grow together in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are the things that they're going to remember. I know years ago, we did a devotional from Focus on the Family, I think called Family Nights. And there were just activities that we would walk through. And I, you know, I wish we were, of course, a little bit more diligent with them than we were, mm-hmm. but we did quite a few of them. And they remember those activities. They remember Mm -hmm. the connection that I made between what we were actually teaching and then what we were doing and what that meant and what that looked like. And so I think that's fantastic to include. Yeah, that's great. I do think the activities really make it stick a lot more Mm -hmm. than just reading the story and moving on. And the other thing is it's a weekly devotional. So you're not rushed. So you can read the story. It takes 10 to 15 minutes to read it. And reading it one-on-one with your child is the best to do, but the activities, we did them all together. And so right. you have the entire week to do the activities when it works for you. And if one that's activity great. doesn't, you know, doesn't work out, that's fine. Like go to the next week. If it does great, we just had a lot of fun doing the activities. And while the age group is six to 10 years, I really think that some girls younger and girls a little bit older can also connect because of the questions within the stories. There's a lot more flexibility with the age. Even I've talked to moms that have read the devotional and they've said that they learned a lot and they grew a lot from it. So I think there's a lot of flexibility with that age range. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I have, my kids are two years apart and I've often worried, do I need to get a devotional that's just for them? But I found that when I do it all together, sometimes the material can range. Sometimes it opens up a conversation that I'm having with the older one that guess what? The little one is listening and they'll remember that as well. And I, sometimes I underestimate the ability of my youngest to learn, Mm. you know, because he's always Mm -hmm. been the youngest. Will he understand what we're talking about? But those things, Mm. those are seeds that are planted and they'll come up later and he'll remember, Mm. Oh, like, I remember having a conversation similar to this. What I'm learning now just builds on that. And I, you know, thinking in terms of layers and yeah, I think that's really good not to just get stuck in the age bracket, Mm -hmm. but to say like, if you're able to comprehend this and if this is fun Mm -hmm. and we can do this together, you can't help but benefit from it. Absolutely. And even if, you know, the younger child just picks up, let's say one little seed from that story. That is worth it. I remember yeah. when I read the book of the story of Ruth that I had written to my girls when they were five. And my, da- my daughter actually was not wanting to share her dress with um, her sister. And instead of like telling her, you should share, I actually just read the story of Ruth. And one of the questions was, you know, what is a way that you can put someone before you just like Ruth did? And so anyways, after yeah. the story, I didn't say anything about the dress. <laughs> Gracie walked upstairs. I saw her struggling. Like she was pacing back and forth because she was struggling with not wanting to share, but feeling like she should share and that that was the way to love her sister well. And she took that dress and she gave it to her sister. And, you know, it's like, it really touched me very deeply because it shows the power of story. And that's why Jesus told so many stories too. There's so much power in that. I just, I love the idea 
of the devotional making a difference in kids' hearts to really want to love the Lord and really want to love others well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I love that it's a weekly devotional. It doesn't feel too overwhelming, but I it, I truly believe it will still have an impact, mm. especially if you can find ways to be consistent. Yes, I agree because it is a longer I like 30 days are good sometimes, but then also that's such a short, quick thing. And mm-hmm. I think with kids, it is nice when we can take our time and go through it just to be very free with it. You know what? We missed a week. Great. No worries. Let's do it next week. Yeah. Like it's okay. You know? And like I said, I've gone through the whole thing with my son too, and he loved it. So yeah. it's focused on mothers and daughters. And of course, some activities my son didn't do because they were more geared toward girls. You know, I think there's a lot of overall applicable material for, yeah. for both. Yeah. So can you, can you give me an example of how you personally applied some of the topics and the activities in your devotional? You did mention your daughters and the dress, but do you have one more example as we wrap up of how you've seen what you've read with your daughters, the activities that you've done, how it's impacted you and your family? Sure. So just some of the activities do talk a lot about noticing the needs of others and loving them well, whether it's a widow, whether it's an elderly neighbor, whether it's a friend who's sick. And so, you know, we do try to be quick to if somebody needs has a need to help them. And so what I have seen over time is my kids naturally and automatically saying, so-and-so had a hard day. Um, hey, mom, I'm going to make a card for them. Or, hey, mom, can we bring this over to them? So I'm starting to see the fruit. I'm starting to see them recognizing a need and wanting to fill it. Mm-hmm. And so I would definitely say that is probably the biggest, the biggest thing is being quick to see ways to love others. And then also being quick to want to give thanks to the Lord at different moments or to pray for somebody if something comes mm-hmm. up. So, Yeah. And I love that. That's a great example of how we don't need to necessarily see results right away. And that mm-hmm. as we're doing these activities with our kids, we will eventually see the fruit of it, that it will click and that we, we just keep showing up and just keep mm-hmm. sewing into them and just keep talking to them and pointing them towards Christ. And, and, it can't help but produce a harvest. And yes. so I love that, that you're seeing that fruit in your kids. And I also think as moms, we need to continue to, you know, be in the word and I'm growing with Jesus. And mm-hmm. it's, I think naturally any of us, you know, we lean towards selfishness, but when we are doing a devotional reading the scriptures on um, things like that, it's so much more top of mind and seeps into our heart to want to really love God and love others. Yeah. So that's really the overarching theme of the book. So. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today and sharing about your new book. I loved getting to hang out with you. It was great. I don't know about you, but I appreciate Lindsay reminding us that meaningful connection can be simple and fun. I'm thrilled to let you know that I am giving away a copy of her devotional, Beautiful Hearted Women of the Bible. You can enter to win by sharing this podcast episode on social media and tagging both me and Lindsay. Or if you aren't on social, you can forward this week's newsletter to a friend. Just be sure to CC me on it. You can find Lindsay at lindsaydriscoll.com. She's on Instagram and Facebook as Beautiful Hearted Parenting. I'll link to all of this and where you can find her devotional, Beautiful Hearted Women of the Bible, in the show notes. If you want to dig deeper into what we talk about on the podcast each week, check out the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. It's where we hang out with some fabulous women and we practice what we've learned. There's also encouragement, group coaching, and incredible resources there too. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose.